Hey, welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Glad to have you today. You're going to have fun today. We're still in our series on uh, the King of Hearts. We're talking about David, but today David has taken Zion. He's in Israel. He's got that third anointing on his life, and he's searching to bring a blessing to his friend Jonathan's family, and he's going to search him out, and grace is going to find him and bring him back to the table of the king and restore everything that was stolen from him. Who dropped you? Who dropped you? I'm telling you, it's time. God is going to pick you up, and he's going to restore you. I'm still here. I'm telling you, I'm still here. And God's going to see me through. Grace is going to work on my life. Don't I feel that? Do you feel that? Come on. Let's get into the word. Cheryl said I got 15 minutes. So that's what she said. So it's all right. I hope you're just soaking in what God's doing. I hope you're just drinking in deeply because he's poured a, an amazing cup of blessing over us today. I hope, hope you're drinking deeply. You know, it says he's given us one spirit to drink. And I hope you're drinking deeply because uh, he gave us one spirit to drink. And it says, taste and see. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. So keep drinking. So uh, February the 8th, 2023, February the 8th, 2023, uh, a guy named Zach Miracrebs, what a great name. He said... Uh, This was a text. He sent this text to his wife. He just finished ministering in a chapel. He was there at a a university campus, and they asked him to minister in a series they were doing about the love of God. And uh, he just finished teaching in the chapel, and he texted his wife. This is what the text was. Latest stinker. I'll be home soon. He said, I just preached. It fell off the edge of the pulpit. Just preached my latest, my latest stinker. I'll be home soon. That was his text. Let me tell you what he preached. He, here's just a little clip of what he preached. He said, stop striving. Stop wearing the heavy burden of I gotta love because I'm a Christian. No, you gotta love because you've tasted and seen the goodness of God. You have been loved. And you have to continue to put yourself before Jesus so, can you, so that you can be loved by him so that you can love others. That's what he ministered on. And when he was done, he said, some of you need to stay here and just soak in that. Some of you need to stay here and just let that sink deep, deep into your spirit. And then he got off the stage, he texted his, texted his wife, said, another stinker, I'll be home soon. He never made it home. So there's a picture right there. 18 kids stayed behind and started soaking in the revelation of the love and goodness of God. And then more students came back after lunch and more students came back after that. And a continuous worship service, a group of people soaking in the love of God took place. It became so powerful, the presence of the God so rich that people came from all over North America until there was 20,000 people on the front lawn. People started taking flights from all over the world to get there. And then the town that's only 6,000 people does not have the infrastructure for that. They literally on the freeway said, the revival is full. Please literally told them, go away. 
And then the, ch the church and the city got together and the, the university and the city got together and said, we can't do this. We don't have the infrastructure for it. The cars are parked everywhere in every parking lot and every street. People who live here can't even go to the grocery store because you cannot move. So I'm not sure what's going to happen next. But that has broke out in several places all over the world. But I'll tell you, several weeks back, I said, we're not looking for revival. We're in revival. You know, God is restless today. And what people are feeling, the reason people are willing to fly all over the world and go somewhere is they feel the Spirit of God moving them. They feel the fire that Daryl was talking about. God is on fire. And that fire in us, he is restless and he is stirred up in a big, big way. And you know what's beautiful is the message is... It's not about you trying hard to love God or your performance. It's about the fact that he loves you. And it's about the fact that he's a good God. Some of you need to soak in that. <laughs> wow. I'm going to quickly go through this. I'm going to quickly do this. But we're in a series talking about David, and we're into a place now where David uh, moves into his third anointing. David was the only king who was prophet, priest, and king. Jesus is the prophet, priest, and king. And David got his third anointing, and he uh, went and he became the king of all of Israel. 2 Samuel 3, 1 says, There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, and David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. And see, the house of Saul is the house of performance, the house of religion, the house of the flesh, the house of I gotta do it, we gotta make it happen. But the house of David is the house of the anointing, the house of the spirit, the house where we trust the Lord, the house where we'll wait for you, Lord. We won't do a thing on our own. We won't initiate anything on our own, but we trust that you are going to move and do powerful things. And there's been a war in the Spirit for years and years and years. There's a war in the body of Christ where people just don't get it. And you know, it may last a long time, but I tell you, the Spirit and people of the Spirit have been growing stronger and stronger and stronger. And there's a move of God happening right now, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. David anointed king of Israel, 2 Samuel 5.10, it says, And David went on, and he grew great, and the Lord God of hosts with him. Now, I put in brackets the word was, put it in brackets, because the word was, if you have a King James Bible, if you read the whole Bible, you read the start where it tells you, you know, some of the uh, author's writings and why they designed it the way it did, but you'll read a little, a little place where it says whenever a word is in italics, it's not in the original text. So if you're reading the King James Version, you come across a word in italics, it's not in the original text. They threw it on because they thought it would help understand the scripture. So really it reads like this, and David went on and grew great and the Lord of God of hosts with him. See, when you move on in what God's called you to do, when you recognize that God has a dream and a purpose and he's wrapped the body around it and called you, you, when you recognize you doing what God's called you to do, you are taking God to where he wants to be. You are fulfilling the eternal purpose of God here today. It says David served the purpose of God in his generation, and then he died. Then he fell asleep. Is there something God wants to do? You are taking God places. You know, as Daryl said, people burning in the cars and people driving by the cars, they'd catch on fire, they'd burn. You are taking God to where he wants to be. You're taking him to your neighborhood. You're taking him to work. You're taking him. If God's going to go anywhere, he's got to go there because you understand the anointing in your life and you take it with you. 
You're on fire. The Lord is soaking you. He's saturating you. He's overcoming you in a big, big way. And in these days, you're going to feel the fire of God consume you. Things are going to happen to you at the most awkward places, but God's going to move powerfully in and through you. He's going to do great things. 2 Samuel 9, 1, now David said, Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? David is looking. See, in those days when one king took over, they would go and they'd destroy, you know, all the sons and, and all the family of the previous one. And, and some of that happened. And when David came to the throne, though, he said, I want to know, is there anyone of Saul's family, anyone of Jonathan's family, is there anyone that I may show kindness to? And he said, I want to show them kindness for Jonathan's sake. Jonathan's son, he had a son, and they found him. His name was Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth means to exterminate the idol, to shatter the shameful thing. That's what he was called, shatter the shameful thing. His, his name also was Mirabal, which means to contend against Baal, to come against the shame, to come against, to exterminate those things of the devil. Now, he was in a place of a home of a guy named Makir in Lodibar, and that is a place called Sold Out. Makir is sold out, and Lodibar is a place of no communication. It's a place of barrenness. It's a place where there's no fruit, there's no pasture, there's nothing there. So here was somebody who was born into the royal family, who was to be someone who lived in the palace, to be someone who experienced the table of the king all of his life, and here was somebody who was living in a place of barrenness, a place of brokenness. The place was so broken that there's no communication. He was so busted up and he was in such a dark place that when he opened his mouth to scream all that came out was <laughs> he was so broken he was so busted it was such a horrible spot he was in darkness and he couldn't even scream someone who was born to be in the palace but found themselves trapped and captive in a broken hopeless place where you couldn't even mutter up a scream so broken so hurt so discarded so abused that's where Mephibosheth was I want to talk to you quickly about five graces really really fast five graces that David manifests that our King Jesus manifests number one the first thing is in 2nd Samuel 4 4 it says his nurse took him up and fled and he fell and he became lame See, when they found out that David had taken over, this nurse thought, this is going to be horrible for this child. So she picked him up and she ran with him. And she ran with him. They had a fall and his legs were broken. His ankles were dislocated and he would never walk again. Here's a situation where a fall caused crippling. And you see, somebody picked this child up and somebody ran without proper revelation or understanding and they fell and the fall was great and this child was broken and this child was crippled forever, would never walk again. Adam, humanity fell brutally. When Adam fell, it crippled everything. It said God created in his image and then after it said Adam then after that created in his image and passed down to everyone was this brokenness, passed down to everyone. In Adam, all sinned. But in Christ, all have been made alive. But see, the whole world has had an awful fall. The whole world has had an awful, destructive fall. And it's broken out there. And there's people who've had falls. There's some people who says, who dropped me? Somebody dropped you. Somebody who was broken in your experience dropped you. I mean, Melanie knew what it was to be captive. I mean, a slave in the sex trafficking business. Right here, you go, oh, that's a horrible thing. Melanie knows firsthand how horrible it is to be trapped in something where somebody trapped her, somebody broke her, somebody dropped her. 
We had Amanda testified a few weeks ago. I was so humbled that she so openly and clearly shared that somebody who should have loved her, someone who should have cared for her, her own family members, somebody who she should have loved and trusted and respected, dropped her, broke her over and over again, shattered her life. Who dropped you? Who dropped you? So you can be here and you can be, oh man, somebody dropped me. You can be here and you're a wife and your husband, he's beaten you. You can be here in a situation where you've experienced abuse. You can be here as a child where in your home you're abused. You can be someone who says, my father left, I never knew. Who dropped you? You can be someone who, who, who a father never spoke a kind word over you. You feel broken. You feel damaged. You feel like you're in a dark, dark place. I can't even scream. And there's people all over this city who've been dropped. People all over this place that have been hurt. But God is moving right now in a big way. He's moving today in a big way. In Romans 5, 17, I love this verse. It says, but if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more. Say much more. Much more. Those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. You hear what Mel said? Here's somebody who was in a place thinking, I will never be free. I will never have a future. I will never have a life. I'm going to go from brokenness to brokenness. Totally set free. Totally healed. A liver condition, totally healed, driving in the car, shoot, Hey, I wish something good would happen around here. I wish I went to a church where there was testimonies of healings that are today. We not stories from the Bible, not look at the Bible people got healed, but I live with, I partner with, I'm walking with people who are walking miracles every day. We don't just sing about the way maker. I'm walking with people who have had a new way made for them. Somebody dropped me, but somebody picked me up. Somebody dropped me, but somebody found me. They put me in a dark place. I couldn't even scream, but Jesus, he came into my mess and he picked me up and he delivered me and I'm alive today because God so incredibly loves me. Wow, reign in life. There's a word to keep. You see, here's Mephibosheth didn't know, but there was a word. There was a promise. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even if you don't feel it, he's, he didn't know. He was in a hole in a dark, dark spot. Couldn't speak. There was no communication. There was nothing. It was hopeless. But there was a promise to keep. David had a promise to keep. David had made a covenant with Jonathan. And he said, Jonathan... Don't you worry. I'm going to show kindness to your family. We've made a generational covenant. And through every generation, the house of David is going to bless you. Ha! House of David is going to bless you. And David had a covenant to fulfill. Third thing, he had a love to express. It says the king sent for and brought him out. Oh! The king sent for and he brought him out. It's such a familiar verse, but you got to know, for God so, he so, he so loved the world that he sent 
Go fetch that one. Go fetch that one. Go fetch that one. Go fetch that one. God Almighty has seen your brokenness. He's seen that place of despair. God has sent someone to fetch you, to bring you out. There's already, it's already done. There's already a commissioning been done that God has loosed all the resources that there are in his eternal purpose to bring you out and to set you in his purpose for your life. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, let's go on. J.H. Jowett said, grace is God's holy love on the move. Grace is God's holy love on the move. The message, Romans 5, 20, 21, it says, and the passing laws, all that passing of laws, all that did, all that passing of laws against sin, you know what it did? It produced more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and sin doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin against grace, sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. Let's read the rest. You ready? All sin can do is threaten us with death, and that's the end of it, but grace... Grace, because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on, world without end. Hey, hey, there's only five, but here's number four. You've been qualified for this beautiful grace because of the love of another. You've been qualified this because of the love of another. You've been qualified for this because God loves you. You've been qualified for this not because you've strived or you finally arrived or you made it. Like that young preacher said in February 8th, he says, it's not about you trying to get it together. It's not about you trying to express your love. You need to get whacked and baptized in the love of God for you. You need to be radically delivered from the religion of striving and you need to be freed that any love expressed by you should come from him first of all. And when you know how much he loves you, that flow is free. It's clear. It's pure. Without agendas, it's the very love of God God qualified you because of the love of another he said I want to show this kindness to Jonathan Ephesians 1 says that we should be holy without blame before him in love we should be without blame and holy before him in love having been predestined what is the predestination the predestination is not of an individual the predestination is of a quality and of a placement of god he has beforehand determined in himself that because of his love for you he would pick you up out of that dark spot and he would set you and enthrone you with him in his purposes forever ha wowzers i am so messed up him, his love, predestined us to adoption. How? As sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Last one, you ready? Restoration is the purpose. Restoration is the purpose. He said, for Jonathan, your father's sake, I will restore you. And I will restore to you the land that your Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Ephesians 2.6. He made us alive. He raised us up and he seated us together with him in heavenly places. Where are you seated? I have joint seating in the throne of God. I am a king. He is the king of kings. And I am a king. I have royal blood in my veins. 
See, Mel, they took Mel's blood. There was something wrong here. That other blood, it don't work. There's something happened to the blood. She had a transfusion. She had a miracle took place. She was touched by the blood of Jesus, forever changed. There's new blood in your veins. We can't explain it, but this blood is free of all of those infirmities and deformities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel 9, 13, so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. So Mephibosheth, because of the love of another, because David cut a covenant with Jonathan, because Jesus and the Father cut a covenant in each other, the Spirit of God is applying it to you. God and God made a deal. They cut a deal. They covered every single issue. They covered every place of brokenness in your world, and they've completely redeemed you, and it has nothing to do with you. You just have to say, thank you. Thank you. Because God cut a deal with God and they said we qualify everyone that whosoever will can enjoy the benefits of redemption. I got a hand waving at the back. I got one hand at the back. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. This, here's the chapter. I love it. This great chapter. One little chapter. But here's how it ends. It ends with this. His feet both lame. So you'd think that that chapter would go through all of this and then at the end, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't he be healed? Like, wouldn't his, wouldn't his feet be healed? I mean, but you see, he got to come to the table and the amazing thing about a table is when you do sit at a table, you can't see anybody's feet. When you belly up to the table of the Lord, you look just like everybody else. And I think David would look down and he would see Mephibosheth and somewhere in that little crooked smile he'd see, he looks a bit like Jonathan. I see my beloved Gee, he looks like his granddad, doesn't he? Look at him. He sees his beloved, and he sees in you. He sees the desire of his heart. He sees you. But here's what I want you to understand. His walk didn't get him to the king's palace. His walk will not keep him at the king's palace. He's there because of a covenant that was drawn up between Jonathan and David. Your walk didn't get you into the kingdom. It's not by works that you've been saved. It's his grace alone. And here's the subtle lie. Once you get in, that was him. But if you're going to stay, it's on you. That's a subtle lie. And that's why prophetically, he's still lame. Because you know what? Your continuation in the purposes of God has nothing to do with you. But he who began a good work in you, he's going to continue it. And he's going to bring it to a flourishing conclusion. But religion will drop you on your head and they'll take you back to Lodabar where you got saved, gloriously set free, and then down the road, suddenly you're back in a place of, because ah, you can't do it. He did it all. He covered it from A to Z. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Ha! Wow, you have no idea how hard this is. Wowzers. So come and put your feet under his, <laughs> come and put your broken feet under his table. You got restored position, restored property, restored power. Oh, I thank you very much. Appreciate that. I can go for another 25 minutes. <laughs> I'm almost done. Look at Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2. We're going to read it from the message again, Romans 5, 1 and 2. It says, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, he had predestined this. This is what he's always wanted to do. When you enter through faith in this, you enter into this. What do you want to do? What did you want to do? Set us right with him. Make us fit for him. When you do that, we have all 
it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. Turn your neighbors, and that's not all. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and we discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. It's all about him. He loves you so much. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundaries known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Wowzers. Last, last thought. I'm still here. I'm still here. You may have tried to shove me in a corner. You may have tried to disappoint me. You may have tried to put obstacles in my way. But I'm still here. I will not bow to disappointment, frustration, or any other thing. I am not moved by what I think. None of these things move me. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm still here. Somebody here, you've been going through hell. You know what you need to say? I'm still here. You're going through difficulties. You're going through trials. You're, you're concerned about tomorrow. It seems like your future's at risk. You need to say, I'm still here. I'm still here. I love that song. It says, if I'm not dead, God's not done. I'm still here. God, I'm here for the promises that you made over us. I'm here for the things you've spoken over us corporately as a people, and we're going to see a mighty outpouring of God like the world has never seen. And we're going to see this region surrounding us shattered with the goodness of God. We're going to see people who are in low debar who can't even scream. They don't have the ability to scream. We're going to see them like Mel here. Is Mel Can you imagine what Mel was thinking years ago? Did you think she'd be standing here? telling a group of people about how God set me free, how he healed my body, how he filled me with the Holy Spirit, and how he's pouring me out now for the breakthrough of many others. I'm still here. I'm still here. Devil, you've tried to steal, to kill, and destroy, but he came. Somebody got sent on purpose. Somebody came into my mess. Somebody got sent for me. And he's going to see me all the way through.